good uh, to see everyone this morning. I know we have some new folks who are with us today. I, I met a few of you on the way in, um, but as I looked around the room as we were singing here just a, a second ago, I, there's a lot of faces that I don't recognize, and so it could be that we have lots of guests who are with us today. It could be that you're here for the second time, and I just didn't meet you last week because I was on vacation. I'm so glad to be back. And so, but if I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Bill, and it's my privilege to serve as the lead pastor here at the table. We love when new folks come and join us in our services every week. And so we would love to connect with you if you are a guest with us. There are a couple of different ways you can do that. You can text the word welcome to 817, I forgot the number, 755-1668. That's what happens when you go on vacation, you forget the number. So it's on the screen back there behind me. Um, it is also on the sticker, hopefully in a, on a seat back somewhere near you, if you can get it that way. So what you will receive back from us is uh, a link to a digital connection card. So you can fill out that digital connection card. We're not going to do anything weird. We just want to find out who you are, find out how we could potentially minister to you and your family. If you don't want to do that, we do have some hard copies of guest cards at our Connection Center, which is where I will be hanging out after the service this morning. So if you have questions about the church or anything that you hear, um, would love to, to answer those questions for you. You can grab a, a connection card out there as well if you'd rather, you know, do pen and paper, kind of old school style. Um, we can do that as well. We're glad that you are here. Uh, this morning, our service is a little bit different, and so I need to get through with what I'm going to do today and get out of the way so the rest of the things can happen. Um, but before I do that, I want to pray uh, specifically for all of our students and educators and administrators who are headed back to school this week. I know some districts around the Metroplex started last week. I think most of our kids, if not all of them, are starting back this week. But it is an incredible mission field, our schools. And I am uh, just so proud of our teachers who love and serve kids every day. And the administrators who are a part of our church who love and serve kids every day. And then what an incredible opportunity for our students to influence the lives of their classmates as well. And so I just want to pray for all of our teachers, our administrators, and our students as they head back this year, um, that this year would be a great year and God would use them to do incredible things um, in the classrooms in our schools. So will you pray with me? Heavenly Fathers, we come before you once again. I do just lift up our schools. God, what an incredible opportunity that you have given to us to be a light, um, to be light and salt in this world through ministry in our schools. So, Father, I pray for all of our administrators, that you would give them guidance and wisdom, that you would use them to, to make a difference in those schools. Father, be with our teachers. Give them sensitivity to just the, the, the things that um, the kids in their classrooms are going to be dealing with throughout the year. May they be an encouragement. May you use them to make a difference in the lives of their students. And then, Father, I pray for our students God, you would be continue to be at work in their hearts, all the things that they've done this summer and the camps and things that they've attended. Use the lessons that they've learned and work through them to make a difference in the lives of their classmates as well. Father, I pray that your blessing would be upon this year and that we would be able to hear incredible stories of what you're doing in our schools. And we just trust you to be at work in the lives of people around us. We know that you are. And God, thanks for the privilege of allowing us to join in with others. Um, it, join in with what you're doing in the lives of other people around us. What a privilege it is. We ask all these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. If you've been around our church uh, much this year, hopefully by now you've heard me say this on multiple occasions, but our vision as a church 
is to be a place where faith comes alive for everyone who is a part of the table. What we mean by that is that living faith is defined as something that determines everything that we do in life. Faith is not just something that is exercised when we show up at church on Sunday morning. Nor is it something that just sits on the shelf in our homes where we can take it down at some point if we find ourselves in trouble. But faith is to be a determining factor in everything that we do. Every decision that we make should go back to our faith in Jesus. And there are reasons for that. The reasons that we want to see everyone's faith come alive, in part, we feel like that's the best life that you could possibly live, one that is lived by faith. But then we recognize that God doesn't want to just do something in us, that he's got a purpose to do something through us as well. And so as we see people's faith come alive, what we want to do is deploy disciple makers to influence the lives of thousands in our homes, in our places of work, and in school, and then in our neighborhoods. And what an incredible opportunity is that God gives to us. That's what we want to see. We want to see faith come alive so that we can make a difference in the lives of people around us. For God's glory. I want you to imagine what it would be like to be a part of a church where that's happening regularly. Imagine what it would be like for you as your faith comes alive so that you are living a life of joy and purpose as you're doing what God has called you to do to point other people back to Jesus. And then think about what that would mean for our church as we see lives changed on a regular basis, how exciting it is to be a part of that. And that's what we want to experience in our church. And the question is, how do we get there? How do we become a church where everyone's faith is coming alive? That's what I'm going to talk about for just a couple of minutes this morning. And I think we see a picture of that in the early church that's recorded for us in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, I'd invite you to turn there, Acts chapter 2. We're going to look just briefly at verses 42 through 47. The book of Acts, if you have a Bible, it's past the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then you find the book of Acts. If you don't have a Bible with you this morning, uh, and you are a version Bible app user, so you've got the Bible app on your phone, you can navigate your way to our live event and follow along there. Otherwise, it will be on the screen as I read it in just a second. But I want to just go ahead and jump right in. Acts chapter 2 starting in verse 42, and I'll read down through the end of the chapter. It says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. What I want to do this morning is give you three characteristics of a church where faith comes alive. And the first characteristic of a church where faith comes alive is that there is a strong sense of community. This Uh, What we just read, it takes place not long after Jesus ascended into heaven. On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached this great sermon. The Holy Spirit was poured out, and the lives of thousands of people were changed that day. And then the first thing that we read about this new group of believers is that they were together. So this took place in the city of Jerusalem, but all of these people who are now together weren't just from Jerusalem. They were actually from all around the region of Israel. 
They're Jewish people who had gone back to the city of Jerusalem to celebrate the Jewish festivals of the Passover and then Pentecost. And so now when the Holy Spirit is poured out and their lives are changed, they come to faith in Jesus, they choose to stay together. So they are literally living with one another because their lives had been changed. So as a result of the shared experience that they had, there was this sense of community. They were together. And so that's the the first characteristic of a church where faith comes alive is that there is a strong sense of community. And we want you to experience community here at the table. The truth is that every one of us needs people around us to look out for us, to encourage us so that our faith comes alive. And then we need to be that person for other people as well. It's not just me and God. We can't do this alone. It was never meant to be that way, but we have to have those other people who come around us to encourage us so that our faith is coming alive and begins to guide everything that we do. So that's the first characteristic, a strong sense of community. The second thing that we see here, characteristic of a church where faith comes alive, is a spirit of generosity. Verse 44, it says, Now all the believers were together, and they held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. There was a a strong spirit of generosity in that early group of believers. Now, we could argue with the wisdom about what they did. Because what they did is they literally sold everything that they had and gave to meet the needs of others in that community. Part of the reason that they did that is because they weren't thinking about the future. Their expectation was that Jesus was going to come back in a couple of weeks, and so if we can just hold out a little while, we'll be out, and we don't have to worry about anything. Okay, so maybe it wasn't the smartest thing to do to literally sell everything that they had, but yet at the same time, I think that there is a really strong principle that we develop out of what we see in their generosity, and that is that we need to have a spirit of generosity as well. Sometimes we talk about generosity. We talk about the three T's, being generous with our time and talents and treasure. And certainly, we need to be generous with our time and talents. And in fact, that's mostly what we're going to talk about this morning. But yet, at the same time, being generous with our time and talents can't replace being generous with our treasure. We don't like to talk about it that much. I'll be honest, I don't like to think about it. It is personally a stressor in my life. But the reality is, it takes money to do ministry. And so all of us need to be generous with what we have so that we can continue to minister to those who show up in our services on a regular basis the best that we can, but then also so that we can begin to minister to those who are out there in our community that need the hope of Jesus. There's a spirit of generosity. The last characteristic of a church where faith comes alive is strong sense of commitment. Verse 46, every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple. And broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. There was a commitment that they had to one another. There was a commitment that they had to what was happening in that gathering of believers. It said that they devoted themselves daily to the apostles' teaching. For us to be a church where everyone's faith comes alive, there has to be a commitment. Now, I'm going to let you know something. We will never ask you to attend a service every single day, right? That was what the early church did. 
We won't do that. But yet at the same time, we have to be committed to one another, committed to what's happening here so that we are all growing, committed to our own growth, committed to the growth of those people that we are in a circle with or that we sit around in a service every Sunday. We need to be committed to one another. Those are really simple, three characteristics of a church where faith comes alive, that there is a sense of community, a spirit of generosity, and a strong commitment. But what I want to do is, as I finish up this morning really quickly is I want to be as practical as possible. And so what is it that we need from you? What is it that we need from you today? Again, I want to give you three things that we need from you right now. Number one, we need you to lean in. Lean in. Don't be satisfied to sit on the sidelines. We want you in the game. In the world of the church that we live in today, it is so easy to just sit and consume. So you can show up on a Sunday, you hear great music, maybe you hear good teaching that's helpful and beneficial, and the truth is you can go in and out every single week or somewhat regularly, and maybe even sometimes feel good about yourself and what you're doing without ever actually being involved in anything. And that is not the way that the church was designed to function. The church is the organism instituted by Jesus to reach the world. The church is people. It's not a place. And so we need you to lean in, to get involved. Lean in. Find that circle of people so that you can experience community. So that's the first thing we need you to do. Lean in. Second thing that we need you to do today is sign up. In fact, that's the rest of the service this morning. That is what we're talking about. We need you to sign up to serve. So do not leave today without telling us where you are willing to serve. We'll give you the rest of the service this morning. We're going to talk about opportunities to serve. We'll give you instructions on how to do that at the end of the service this morning. Don't leave today without telling us where you want to serve. And I know we've got some new folks who are with us. But listen, if you're like, hey, I like what I heard today sign me up, you can sign up too, right? This is not just for people that have been around a certain amount of time. If you're here second week and you're like, hey, this is my place, I can feel it, sign up. We want you to get involved. We need you to sign up. What we want to do is to do the very best that we can to help everyone identify their gifts and abilities so that they are living out their unique purpose and being fulfilled in what they do. And maybe through this process of signing up, being involved in ministry, serving other people, maybe some of you can feel that. But I just want to be real for just a second, because some of you may not know what your gift is. You may not know what your unique calling is in terms of what God wants you to do, and that's okay, because here's the truth. We just need to get stuff done, and we need people to help us get stuff done. What we want to do is create the best environments possible for people's faith to come alive on Sunday mornings in our services here, in our kids' ministry over there, and then on Wednesday nights with our students. And so we're going to talk about the opportunities that we have for you to get involved. Greeting, hosting, serving as a small group leader or a teacher in one of our kids' classes or on Wednesday nights. I mean, we have all kinds of opportunities to serve, but we need you to say yes today and sign up and let us know where you want to serve. Lean in, sign up, that's number two. Last thing we need from you to do, we need from you today is to own the mission. Our mission, as we stated as a church, 
is to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus. That's the mission. And I want you to know that that is not the mission just for our staff. It's not a mission that's just facilitated by our programs, but this is what God has called all of us to do individually, is to be a part of the process that God is doing in the lives of other people as he is leading them to faith in Jesus so that their lives are changed forever. So we need you to own that mission. I mean, you think about the opportunities that God has given to us as a church. I mean, you just walk out in the parking lot and do a 360. And you see thousands of homes that are going up within arm's distance of our campus here. God has given us an incredible opportunity. And so now it's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. So that we can see the lives of people radically changed as God leads them here to our community. is leading them to our front door and now we've got work to do. And I want you to imagine what it would be like for us to be a church where everyone's faith is coming alive, where none of us are simply going through the motions, but that faith defines everything that we do. For that to happen, here's what we need today. Lean in, sign up, don't leave today without telling us where you want to serve, and own the mission. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray that even now as we continue in the service and we hear some stories and hear opportunities to get plugged in, I pray that you'd be at work in all of our hearts, helping us to understand exactly where you want us to be so that we can be used by you to point people back to Jesus and see their lives change forever. God, I pray that we would be a church where faith comes alive and that we'd be able to deploy disciple makers to influence the lives of thousands of people in our community. God, we believe that this is what you have called us to. And so stir in our hearts this morning. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I'm Chris, and this is my wife, Tiffany Gonzalez. We have uh, been members of the table for over a year now. And we have served in the children's ministry for, for during that time. And we, uh, we love being involved with the kids. Uh, between Tiffany and myself, over the years, just being involved in ministry and in different facets, we've both uh, worked in different uh, departments such as music ministry, children's, youth, um, daycare, changing diapers, and that's not to, to chew our own horn by, by any means, it's just we've, we've wanted to just contribute at, during our, our lives at ministries that we've had the opportunity to help out and serve. And I think it's important, I think it's important to not just to, uh, to come to church and fill up a seat, but to roll up your sleeves and get involved and find out what opportunity there might be out there for you to, 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 to get involved with. And sometimes it might be stepping out of your comfort zone, as a lot of these departments that we've served in, a lot of times I myself personally have definitely stepped out of my comfort zone, but it's been rewarding to, uh, to see the benefit on the other side of the, the smiling face, the uh, appreciative gesture that was, that was uh, given out, a parent. You never know you have an opportunity to minister to somebody who's going through something, um, and it, this is just a great opportunity to do that. So I, I definitely encourage people to, uh, to get involved and see where you might, you might find a place. Yeah, our hope is that this will encourage fourth and fifth graders to, um, as, they, as we fill their cup, that their cup would overflow into these families, where their families would be knitted closer together. These families would be encouraged to get plugged in and to become a part of the table where they are loved and that they have a place where they can not only just serve, but they have a community of people that surround them and encourage them in their walk with Christ.
I am Brandy. I am blessed to be the children's director here at the table. So I'm going to talk to you about children's ministry. Um, children's ministry is a beautiful and rewarding place to serve. It's not always easy, but it's really rewarding. We really have two big goals in children's ministry for kids to know that God loves them more than anything on this planet and that God's people love them too. Um, and I want you to think about what that can do for a person's life if they grow up knowing those two things. I can tell you what it did for mine. I was blessed to grow up in church. We were in church three times a week, every week um, in my household. And really, that was a wonderful thing because through all the struggles, through all the pain, all the difficulties of life, I always knew that I wasn't alone, that there was a God who loved me deeply. Um, and as I got older and I was a teenager and an adult and as the... Uh, consequences of sin began to wreak havoc on my life. Even then, I knew that God's forgiveness was the waiting. I simply had to ask. And that knowledge, that deep truth, kept me from sinking to the, to the true depths that this world can take you to. Um, and so we want our kids to grow up knowing that they are loved, that the God of the universe sees them, and loves them. Um, I am heartbroken when I think of kids who grow up not knowing that, kids who feel alone, who don't have people they can turn to. Um, and so this ministry is so valuable. It is so important because it's so easy for kids to know those things. We simply have to tell them. Um, and we get to do that every week, which is really incredible. Um, as a parent, one of the other things that I really appreciate about the table is that there are other adults in my kids' lives who help guide them. Um, because as my kids get older, um, the voice of the world sure seems loud. And my voice feels really quiet at times. Um, and I will tell you that my son has begun to give me the eye roll whenever I, you know, try to give him any kind of guidance. And yet, when Miss Tiffany last week talked to my son about the importance of how we spend our time, it was like brand new information. And he was on board, and he's brought it up several times this week. Um, and my daughter, who is eight years old, um, when Miss Heather and Miss Lily, when they talked to her about who God says she is, she walks a little taller. Her head is held a little higher. And I'm so thankful for these people who pour into my kids' lives every week. <clears throat> Honestly, the best part of, one of the best parts of this job that I get to do is I get to see God work in the lives of other people week after week after week. Um, children's ministry really is more than just Sunday school. That's the big thing. But there are lots of ways to serve. Um, I think about Linda Davenport, who spends hours and hours creating decorations for our classrooms. And she comes up and lovingly puts those things up week after week. Um, I think about Brianna Raphael, who teaches our pre-K class. And she has such passion for God and loves on these kids so well. 
Um, I think about the Gonzaleses who, God love them, teach a rambunctious group of upper elementary kids and who like them so much they asked if they could keep the sixth graders for another year. That's wonderful. I think about Melissa Brown who spent hours this last week creating a photo display so that when kids came in today and they're moving to their new classrooms, they have something fun that they can sit and take a cute picture. Um, I think about Kristen McCaslin, who uses her friendly, warm personality to help new families get checked in when they come and visit with us. Um, so there are lots of ways to serve. Um, the truth is, children's ministry is not always easy, but it is important, and it is rewarding. Um, so a couple of the places where we have some needs we do need a few leaders and teacher, or sorry, leaders and helpers in the classrooms, um, especially at the pre-K level is where we have um, those needs. The difference between a leader and a helper. A leader is someone who is passionate about making sure God's word is spoken over these kids, that they follow a lesson plan, um, that they're passionate about teaching. A helper, on the other hand, is really there for fun and support. So when my husband and I first started serving together, we taught the three-year-old class. And my husband was like, I don't, I don't think that's for me. <laughs> he said, I'm not a teacher. Don't hand me a lesson plan. Um, so I taught. And what he was really good at was fun. He made sure every week that the kids had fun, that they laughed, that they were enjoying themselves. Um, and that was wonderful. Um, I needed that help there. Um, and so if you want to help, but you're not really sure if teaching is your thing, we can use your help. We have lots of places. If you can open some snacks, we can use your help. Um, we also, really our biggest need in the kids' building is for greeters. Greeting is more than just opening a door. It is recognizing that everyone wants to feel like they belong. And that begins the minute that we walk in the doors. Um, I don't know what happens at your house, but for some reason, Sunday mornings are a struggle at my house. We're out of routine. Somebody can't find their other shoe. I have to argue with my daughter about brushing her hair. No, you can't wear those pants again, please. So by the time I get to church, sometimes I'm frazzled. And when there is a person who will chat politely with my kids so I can get signed in, that's a blessing for me when I walk in the door. For new families, that's a difficult moment. You walk into a new place, you're not sure where you're going, your kids are nervous, you're trying to be confident in a moment of real vulnerability. And so I need people who can see and recognize the difficulty of that moment, who can offer a smile and a kind word and a little bit of guidance on a Sunday morning for our new families. Um, if, if you would say, okay, all these things are nice and that's great, but you know, I don't really want to work with kids. I get it. Um, some of you are thinking, I don't really want to work with people. I get that too. <laughs> we have those needs too. If you have a gift of creating, uh, we are always creating new things, props, decorations in the kids' building. If you can um, do woodworking, anything like that, we have a place for you. Um, if you have a gift of organization, we have a place for you. There are things 
all over in the kids' building, and I really do need help to make the best of our resources to get that in working order. Um, we also need help a couple specific times during the year for decorating the building for Easter, for Christmas, for other events. So if you are willing to come in and hang some garland, um, let me know. So again, if you're thinking, I can do that, um, please sign up. I'll get in touch with you, and we can work out those details. So that's all for me. Hi, my name's Julie, and I serve in table students. I feel like serving is important because one of the biggest graces of the church is um, just the people in it, and that doesn't happen without the people in the church serving. So for me, I serve in youth because I know how important it was for me as a teenager to have people a step ahead of me. Um, I can look back and see how much they played a big role in my spiritual development um, and who I became as an adult. I think of the last few weeks in church we've been studying Gideon and how he was reluctant, he was didn't feel equipped for the job, and um, there's definitely times I feel that in the questions the youth ask or um, the things that they have going on in their lives that I haven't been through, but trusting that the Lord will um, equip me in those moments and help me to love them well through those situations, even though it feels way bigger than me, but I know it is bigger than me, but we serve a big God. Good morning. Uh, my name is Ronaldo. If we haven't met yet, I am the student ministry associate here. Um, I'm going to touch on two things that Julie said here. Uh, number one, serving in students, we don't need you guys uh, to be a theologian. I don't need you to guys to be a scholar. Like The kids don't need that. Legitimately, just be present with them. I know when I was growing up and I needed small group leaders and stuff like that, like they were just present in my life. I don't need them to need all the, have all the answers and everything like that, but like life in middle school and high school kind of sucks. So if we could be present for them, if we could just be there for them, if we could be um, someone to just text or call or just be there um, when they're going through life, that would help greatly. I think just having that person that's consistent in their life, because there's a lot of things that, um, go, come and go in their lives, but if you could just be that consistent face, that consistent person in their life, that would be extremely important for them. Um, and then also, like, if, if we're feeling the need to really just be there for a child and feel like, man, you know what, like, I want to give my time, like, do that. Please do that. Like, these kids legitimately just need somebody, but also, man, like, I think it's so important to serve in students because this is our next generation. Like, if we're not investing in the next generation, we're losing. We're, we're gonna lose it, like obviously. Um, the church is not, not growing right now, but I think if we can invest in the kids um, that are coming up, that are raising up, that are gonna be these next adults, like that would make a huge impact in the world. If we can show them, um, in Romans 12, 2, that says to show them that not to, be, not, to be, not to conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of their mind. If we can show them how to live like Jesus and love Jesus, like those two things, that would help out a ton.
I know that that's what I needed. I needed somebody to show me how to love Jesus and also live like him because the world is going to tell us the complete opposite of those two things, right? They're going to tell us the complete opposite. They're going to tell us, hey, like, you take what you take. You love what you love and this, that, and the other. But it's like, man, like, if I can learn from my small group leader how to love like Jesus and live like Jesus, the world is going to be better for it. And then also these kids are going to be better for it as well. Um, we need two things specifically. Small group leaders, and then as people, people in tech and worship as well. Like small group leaders, you would be, it would be a commitment on every Wednesday uh, to be there, but also just throughout the week. Like man, if you can text these students, if you can just have conversations with these students, have lunch with them, if if that's what is needed, if you can just be a voice for them to talk to and somebody for them to be there with, um, just going going through everyday life. But also in the, in the tech, if we could have like people that are helping out with a pro presenter and helping out with the soundboard and this, that, and the other with worship, that would be absolutely amazing to get a rotation in. And that would be really, really fun. But with nothing else, that's all I have for you guys. Thank you so much. Hi, my name is Emily Jaspers, and I serve on the table worship team. I think serving in the church is so important because it's so vital to have a community of people to gather around you in your walk with Jesus, and then you're able to give back to other people who are in a walk with Jesus too. You need to do it. It was the best thing that I ever said yes to, and I absolutely love coming in every week to play piano and just spend time with other musicians who also love God. There was another in the waters. Hello again. Emily's awesome. She's one of our favorites here. Um, Galatians 5, 13 through 14 says, For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement, love your neighbor as yourself. The church... Uh, is only the church when it exists for each other. Serving extends beyond our doubts and our abilities and our insecurities. Um, our capability is, uh, to serve is not dependent on our knowledge. Uh, we don't open doors because we know the user manual of the door and the manufacturing instructions behind the creation of the door itself. We open the door because it's a welcoming like thing that we like are able to welcome others into the body of, uh, of our church. Um, Opening doors or saying hi or directing people to their seat or leading a small group of students or kids or whatever is, is not a knowledge thing. It's, it's a heart thing. Um, as followers of Jesus, we serve people because that's how we lead them, because that's how Jesus led people, by serving them. So now what does that look like here in my department, Worshiping, worshiping Creative? Um, we have two unique opportunities um, to serve. Uh, for the extrovert with musical abilities, um, you'd probably be more fit here on the stage with us playing and leading these songs. Um, for the introvert who wants to throw up at the very thought of singing in front of people here on the stage, uh, the booth might be uh, the best spot for you. Uh, tech savvy is awesome, uh, but it is absolutely not needed. We can train across the board from pro presenter all the way to lights, to video, to sound. Everybody give the folks in the uh, booth a hand. Yeah. <clears throat> Worship um, 
is God-inspired and God-breathed, and um, it is uh, overall a pursuit in all things just being like Jesus. And um, we come here on Sunday mornings to sing uh, these songs of like affirmation and celebration of, of the work he's doing in our lives. Um, it is inspired and God-breathed, but we honestly, we would not have the same experience here every Sunday if it weren't for our team of, of volunteers. Um, Emily, who was on the video that you just saw, has been serving with us, I think, she would have to correct me. I think three or four years she's been with us, um, going all the way back to when we were meeting over there in the old kid spot, which some of you were here for that as well. Um, so uh, she's awesome and has been so faithful and loyal to the table, and it literally started with like an email. Um, uh, she just uh, shot us an email, said, I would love to get plugged in. How do I do that? I said, yeah, we, need, we have a need for a keys player, and she plays keys, and she's great. And all I did from there was I asked her to fill out like this little worship interest form, kind of just getting to know your story, who you are, what you play, that kind of thing, your experience level, that kind of thing. Um, she came by for like a super quick little audition. She nailed it, and now she's three to four years um, in serving with us. So she is awesome, and honestly, that's all it comes down to. Um, like we've said, it's not about overthinking it. We're not calling, you know, theologians up here. We just... It's all about your heart for people and your heart for Jesus. Um, um, so just jump in. I mean, it, it's, it's all it comes down to is the conversation. Just have that conversation. Um, again, you don't have to be someone with a ton of experience, ton of knowledge. Um, you just have to have a heart for people and a heart for Jesus. It does not matter where you serve. Just get plugged in. Thanks. I'm Tim Ballou and I serve in guest services. I think serving the church is important. Um, they, the church staff has a lot to do for us and a lot to, to keep the church running and I think it's important us as the body of Christ to uh, get together and help serve others and it also, uh, it's rewarding to me to help do that. I think for me, it's harder as an adult to do new things. You get kind of stuck in your ways and it's harder to, to branch out of those things, but I, I feel like um, pushing yourself and, and breaking those boundaries down uh, is rewarding. Um, it helps break you out of your comfort zone and it allows you to meet new people. And um, I feel like that the congregation and the community, the church is important and it helps you plug in that way too. Well, hi, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Melissa. I serve here as the executive pastor. And um, this is obviously a big deal because we're taking a whole Sunday to talk to you about serving. And so um, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, our guest services and, and what we do in that. And I love Acts 2.42. I love that passage because it's such a beautiful picture of what the church looks like. And it's so hospitality driven. And so it talks about welcoming people into their home and um, sharing a meal with them and um, spending time. And then their numbers were being added daily. And they were just in awe of what God was doing. And that is what we get to do here. So we don't meet in homes for services. We meet 
in our home church here. And this is like our house. And so we want people that can invite people in. Um, so we have awesome guys. Uh, if you guys see them in the morning, every Sunday, they're in the parking lot. They're waving, rain, shine, cold, hot. They're always there. Um, people opening the door for you. Um, you see guys walking around um, with the safety vests on just to make sure the buildings are secure and everybody's okay. Um, we have ushers that pass baskets and prepare communion. We had people in here straightening chairs. Um, so there's all these things that we do just like we do in our own homes. When someone's coming over to my house, I try to put my dirty laundry up, right? And like not leave it, you know, laying around and straighten up and, and make my home a place where they feel comfortable. And that's what our guest services does. Okay, so it is more, and you heard Cody and uh, everybody say, it is more than just opening a door. But here's what it does. And I think this is the most vital thing that we cannot forget is that when someone walks into a place and they are seen, they are recognized, they are known, what we are doing is we are clearing the way for them to clearly hear the gospel of Jesus. Because we're removing every distraction, right? Because we have distractions, okay? Oh my gosh, my kid was losing her mind at drop-off, or I was late getting to church, or like Brandy said, no one can find their shoes. And so we walk in on Sunday mornings distracted, and sometimes we can sit in a seat and not be able to hear what Bill is saying or any of us are saying because we are just so distracted with everything that just happened when we were walking in here. And so when we greet people, and we provide safe environments for their kids and awesome music and great environments. And someone sees them and recognizes them that Sunday morning. When they sit in this seat, they can clearly hear what God has for them. That's why we do what we do. There is nothing glamorous about passing out goldfish or waving in a parking lot or preparing communion. Okay? There's nothing glamorous about that. But what it does is it tells people, man, we love you, we care about you, and we want you to hear from the Lord today. And that's why we do what we do. And so there's lots of places you can serve. All of the um, places that we have told you guys about today are on a schedule. So it's like two weeks off, two weeks on, two weeks off. It's super flexible. You know your schedule for the whole year. It's easy to get plugged in. It's easy to serve. But what tips us over the edge as a church is that what when we serve, we are taking someone else's eternity personally. I personally care what your eternity looks like. So I'm going to say hello to you, even though it's awkward. I'm going to ask your name, even though I might have asked your name the week before, and I'm really sorry, but I'm going to ask your name again. And I'm going to make sure you get a gift. And I'm going to make sure I say hello. And I'm going to make sure I introduce myself to your kids. And I'm going to make sure that I see you and I recognize you and I look you in the face and I say you are welcome here. Because your eternity matters to me. That's why we do what we do. And so when you are preparing to leave here today, like Bill said, the doors are locked until everyone signs up. Okay? Sorry. We'll have snacks. Um, but, you know, it. But I want you guys to really think about that. Someone took your eternity personally, and we are asking you to now do the same, and we're giving you opportunities to do that. That's our job is to give opportunities for people to get involved in the lives of other people, and 
as you serve, you get to meet your people. Like, I know that there have been small groups and relationships built around because they serve in the parking lot together, or they make coffee together, or they've herded all the chickens of the three-year-olds over there together. And they have a relationship with those people. That's how community is built is through service. So yes, it is for other people and it's for us too. And so as we kind of close today, and I know we really focus on this a lot, but the big picture is that we are clearing the way for people to hear from, hear from the Lord and eternities to be changed because every single, every single spot in the parking lot, every single seat in this building, every single table in the kids' space represents a family in this community, represents a person in this community that we love deeply, that we want to know the Lord. And so as you leave here today, you're going to sign up, and we're going to do it because we care deeply about what happens in this community and to the neighbors that come in, um, come in and trust us to visit us and be a part of what we're doing here. So I just want to take a second, and um, I want to pray for us. Um, and, and as we close today, I want us to... Uh, Ronaldo hit on Romans 2. Romans 1 is like to, to live our lives as a living sacrifice to the Lord. So we're laying down everything so he can use us to great to further his kingdom. And I ask that we all participate in that in some way. So pray with me.